Hey there, it's Preston here, and this coming Thursday, Clay and I will be back with an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder. And while you wait, I want to introduce you to a podcast I think you might enjoy. The show is an original podcast from Morgan Stanley called Now What's Next, which you can find anywhere you get your podcasts. I've also linked to Now What's Next in the description of this episode directly in your podcast player. If you use Amazon or other online retailers like I do, I want you to do something later. Go back and check how many online orders you made in 2021. I did that earlier today, and I'm a bit embarrassed to say that between work, holidays, and just life, I ordered over 90 items on Amazon alone last year. And while ordering online can be incredibly convenient, there's a lot more happening behind the scenes than we might realize. Since the start of the pandemic, we've been hearing a lot about the supply chain. And this season of Now What's Next looks at how the supply chain connects us all and what happens when it breaks. The episode Jobs Go Begging on the Open Road looks at why it's so hard to hire truck drivers right now and what that means for how quickly you can get your stuff. I listened to that episode and it was eye-opening and also inspiring as they explored futuristic solutions to fixing our supply chain problem. The good news? It doesn't really involve you closing your Amazon account, so you can keep getting great stuff delivered to your home. Instead, have a listen to see just how we can all hold on to our convenience while finally getting a handle on the supply chain we all need. Stay tuned to listen to the full episode right here in just a few seconds. My thanks to Now What's Next for their support. Search for Now What's Next anywhere you listen to podcasts or click the link in our show description to begin listening now. And now without further ado, a full episode peek at Now What's Next. I wish people were more aware that those insignificant items that are on your shelf there's someone who's sacrificed so much to get that jar of Marmite. Oh, I don't know if you have Marmite in <laughs> Whether it's a jar of Marmite, a bunch of bananas, or pharmaceuticals, Christopher Johns knows exactly what it takes to get us our goods. We're always up against it. I, do you know, I, it's been so long since I remember getting to a destination early, ahead of time. It just doesn't really happen anymore. You can be on time, but... It's not enough of us. <laughs> the us Christopher's referring to are truck drivers. Drivers who are right now in very short supply pretty much everywhere. In the United Kingdom, they've even called in the military to drive fuel trucks to keep gas stations running. Christopher has been driving in the UK and Europe for 15 years, and the shortage is really no surprise to him. It's about more than resignations, early retirements, and not enough new recruits. There are bigger issues that need to be solved in the industry, and they only got worse during the pandemic. But more significantly, the shortage of drivers is part of a huge labor crisis, a labor crisis that's making all the supply chain problems we've already talked about in the series much, much worse. So what's going on, and how is it going to get better? I'm Sonari Glinton, and on this episode of Now What's Next, an original podcast from Morgan Stanley, truck drivers, labor shortages, and how the workforce of tomorrow is being shaped by the problems we're facing today. On paper, that looked like quite an easy journey, but um, it was tight in the end. It's evening, and Christopher Johns is at the New Haven Truck Depot in England. 
So I've used all 10 of my driving hours for the day, near enough. So that's 11 hours working time, roughly. By the time I get home, my kids will probably be asleep or in bed. So I don't, I don't really get much time with them, which really, really sucks. Fingers crossed, I might get to see them tomorrow night. Sometimes Christopher is gone a day, sometimes a few days, but usually he's on the road a week or more at a time. The time away from his family is one of the downsides of truck driving and one of the reasons that the industry is in crisis right now. But at one point, that alone time on the road was a part of the appeal of truck driving. In the late 70s and the early 80s, in American culture, truck driving was awesome. Anyone remember the CB radio craze? I mean, major movies with major movie stars were about long-haul trucking. Every Which Way But Loose with Clint Eastwood. Burt Reynolds starred in Smokey and the Bandit about an outlaw trucker. It was the number two movie when it came out. The number one movie that year was Star Wars. Chris, like me, remembers those trucker movies fondly. Convoy was a pretty great one. I think the way that particularly America portrayed truck driving was just... It was quite this romantic idea. It was that kind of sense of freedom. You get to see these incredible sights and views. Yeah, that was one of the biggest draws, probably, seeing the world. You know what? Convoy was an excellent movie. But seeing the world, freedom, rambling, the call of the open roads, well, that's a cliche because it's so true. Christopher heard the call as a young single man who needed a break from studying graphic design. And the idea of being alone on the road for long hours, well, it appealed to him. I thought I would be quite good at that. Quite naively, I assumed that being on my own, I'd be the best company. (laughs) Me and my thoughts, in hindsight, that was mentally a lot tougher than I had been prepared for. A lot of it has been a lot tougher than Christopher was prepared for. For one thing, when he's not driving, he's got to eat, he's got to sleep, and he's got to wash up. Sometimes that means getting really creative with his camping gear. So I have a a solar shower. I didn't realize how rubbish it would be because, of course, by the time I park up, there's not a lot of sun left. So it's always just a cold shower from a bag. The brother's not exactly selling life on the road. When Christopher is fed and clean, he folds down the bed in the sleeper cab. It's in a big enough space that he can stand up. And yet... I'm always pretty desperate to get out of the cab. I always... If I'm able to get in a truck park or a secure parking, then I'm able to leave my truck under security so I can then go and jog. That's an enormous relief, just that freedom, just to jog, run off somewhere, get lost quite a bit, actually. (laughs) Now, the running hasn't been just for his mental health. Snacking on the job is a serious health hazard. So much self-control is needed because you're sitting on your bum for 10 hours a day. It's really punishing. I have friends of mine who are so overweight and uh, they have serious diabetes and they have trouble getting in and out of their own cabs. Being on your own for those long stretches, that doesn't help. Christopher finds some comfort, though, in singing along with his music, well, until his voice hurts, and listening to the podcast. You're welcome. And sure, he can talk to his wife and three kids over a screen, but that sometimes makes it harder. It just shows you where you're not. It's like a window into where you want to be, but you can't. 
my time is so much more precious than it was before. And time is everything in this job. It's the one thing that it costs the most because you, you give up, you sacrifice important moments like my little girl's first steps and things that you... Yeah, things that you regret. They want things done faster and faster. And I think it's we're victims of that day and age where people click a button and it's on your doorstep and it's a fight. It's a real fight to get there in time. Not only are there not enough drivers, but traffic is worse. The weather and road conditions more unpredictable. And the surge in online shopping has added real pressure. Plus, there's often a lot of waiting around to be loaded or unloaded, which in the UK and Europe only got worse after Brexit. This job requires a lot of patience, but it also requires a lot of skill, incredible spatial awareness, problem-solving skills. To put it bluntly, it's an important job. It's an essential job even. And Christopher doesn't think that the industry gives the drivers the respect, the growth opportunities, or the compensation that they deserve. It's sad. They're not going to attract any young drivers. And it is a young, single person's career, really. We're running out of drivers and we're going to run out of so much more. It needs quite a huge overhaul. Despite all the challenges, Christopher doesn't see himself leaving the job anytime soon. I get frustrated at myself, really, because I, I went into this career eyes wide open, so it's the decision I made. But I feel like it was a selfish decision on my part. But this is the cards I've been dealt, and this is what I've become quite good at. So I, um, I have to play my deck. This is what it is. Truckers and big rigs have been a part of Kendra Hem's life for almost as far back as she can remember. We'd get ready for a road trip. My father would hook the CB up, put the big antenna on the top of the station wagon. And throughout the course of those trips, he'd be speaking with truck drivers. And he'd find out, you know, were there cops ahead or road conditions or accidents. All the while, young Kendra was in the back seat doing the arm pump to get the drivers to blow their horns. Now, as the president of the Trucking Association of New York, an organization that represents the trucking industry, Kendra spends a lot of time thinking about the kinds of issues Christopher talked about earlier and how to get more drivers out on the road again. So take me from first memories to how do you get into the trucking business? My stepfather, his family owned a trucking company. So around the age of eight, I was always around trucks and drivers and everything that went along with having a family-owned business. Never initially intended to actually get into trucking, but ultimately I graduated college and was trying to save some money up to go on to graduate school. Spoiler alert, life happens, she never went. Kendra's stepdad asked her to fill in when they were down a dispatcher. And, well, she got hooked. I'm so glad that's how I started in the industry because it gave me such a profound respect for the job that our drivers do every single day. They want to know that there's somebody back there that really cares about what they're doing and making sure that they can get home at night. 
in no disrespect to men in the industry by any stretch, but I think one of the reasons why we're starting to see women succeed so much in management roles in the trucking industry is because they show that they care a little bit more openly, I think, than men often do. As a dispatcher, Kendra got to hear firsthand about the problems that drivers face, and she knows that they're a part of the reason that the industry right now is struggling to hire them. Right now, it's the worst that it's ever been. We've increased over a three-year period from 61,000 drivers short to now over 80,000 professional truck drivers. You're, you're short 80,000 professional truck drivers. We are, yes. We were already dealing with this shortage prior to the pandemic. And as with every industry across the U.S., we're struggling with getting individuals to come back. You may have been hearing about the Great Resignation Well, over the pandemic, record numbers of workers left their jobs. Now employers across many industries are struggling to fill those gaps. And there are a whole host of reasons, but I'm just going to list off a few. Mass layoffs at the start of the pandemic led to early retirements for some or finding new jobs for others. An aging baby boom population essentially left the workforce. And now there are simply millions more available jobs than there are workers to take them. This hit the supply chain particularly hard, especially as our buying skyrocketed. There was a report issued by the Bureau of Labor Statistics in July that indicated in transportation and warehousing as a whole, there's 490,000 job openings. That's half a million jobs along the supply chain waiting to be filled. You're short with the crane operators that are trying to unload the ships at the port. You're short warehousemen and forklift drivers to unload the trucks at the warehouse. You know, we're short the drivers. We're short technicians to maintain the trucks. It's just every aspect of the supply chain right now is experiencing that shortage. An aging workforce is a huge issue for the truck driving industry. And the number of retiring drivers far surpasses the number of new recruits. The other problem is, to be quite blunt, the trucking industry has an image problem. They're not necessarily viewed as, I guess, a sexy career. And that's something that the industry is working hard to change. Now, potential drivers here. You're not just a driver. You are a professional and you're doing a very important job that means a lot to a lot of people. You are essential to the economy. It's something that you can be proud of doing because you truly are supporting not just yourself and your family, but the nation as a whole. We were seeing drivers come to grocery stores with our food and our toiletries and our cleaning supplies, and they were delivering the PPE in terms of masks and gloves. And aside from our medical professionals, they truly were the heroes in this pandemic. I'm hopeful that that stays and the respect for our drivers stays. And I think respect will go a long way in terms of encouraging individuals to come into this industry and stay in the industry. Look, respect is obviously important. See Aretha Franklin. So is knowing you're not in a dead-end job. Career growth is now a key selling feature as they try to turn a new generation on to trucking. Ultimately, you can move up into dispatching or operations management, safety managers, even executive-level positions. Trucking companies are also finding ways to get their drivers home more often so they're not missing out on friends and family time as much. And, well, what about the money? 
Well, in an economy where there are more jobs than workers, new recruits are demanding more and demanding better. Better lifestyle, better conditions, and better pay. Before the pandemic, salaries started around $40,000 a year. We have seen salaries for truck drivers increase exponentially over the last year. A lot of companies are doing sign-on bonuses. I saw one recently as high as $20,000. Obviously, they're asking for a commitment (laughs) uh, for that bonus, but they're doing what they can to entice them in. We're hearing starting salaries up as high as 70000 depending on years of experience and safety records. We have carriers now that are paying six figures to their drivers. If salaries are up exponentially and these other things are happening, why has it been hard to bring back drivers who got other gigs, do you think? So there's been a lot of changes to try and improve, but the job itself is still hard. It really takes the right individual that enjoys being out on the road, that is going to have an interest in the industry. Industry leaders are pushing for changes on a lot of fronts. One of the big ones, lowering the age limit for drivers who cross state lines. Right now, they have to be at least 21, but the industry is lobbying the federal government to reduce that age to 18 with a lot of training. For us, it's not as much a skills gap as it is an age gap right now. And we lose individuals out of high school to other trades. But nearly every trade is struggling to fill jobs. Many are being forced to reimagine their workforce altogether. In trucking, they're trying to fine-tune their recruitment efforts to appeal to veterans, women, as well as people in the prison system who need a fresh start. But if hiring remains a challenge, how soon in the future are autonomous or self-driving trucks? Technology has already infiltrated the trucking industry. That's not anything new that's been happening for years. But as far as what's coming, I don't think it's going to be driverless as much as it will be driver assist. Now, Kendra doesn't see robots replacing truck drivers anytime soon, but she does think that trucking's transition to a more tech-based industry, that could attract more young people who've grown up with technology. In the meantime, she's been encouraged by what she's seen on the road. We were starting to see the arm pump come back. You know, drivers were saying they'd go down the road and they'd see these kids in the back seat pumping their arms for them to blow their horns. And it had been quite some time since they'd seen that. Technology clearly is going to be a huge part of the future of any labor force. But to what degree and how much it will help the current shortage? Well, Kumar Walia is a design researcher recently with GE Transportation, and he works on making the trucking industry more efficient through digitization. And he thinks putting too much emphasis on autonomy, driverless trucks, for example, could actually be a problem. I think we are solving for a symptom. That's a symptom that we are not trying to get into the root cause of it. I have spoken to truck drivers. They take pride in their truck driving, you know, then They know how much impact they have. But right now, the problem is, I think it's it's the feeling of being non-productive. Kumar saw this firsthand when he was a grad student at the Art Center College of Design in Los Angeles, and his class visited a container yard at the port. And I was just sitting there, just trying to understand these operations. And I was just questioning myself, hey, there is like trillions of dollars of cargo that we move annually from this infrastructure. And some of the practices are so 
I think there's a common term we say in the industry called stone aged. Stone aged. Yes, it's true. You still see people with pencils and clipboards and carbon copies. It is shocking when you realize the immense volumes of goods moving through or stuck at ports around the world. And that's because of the inefficiencies in the system, the bottlenecks in the system. And it's just painful when a truck driver is sitting inside a yard and doing nothing and the cargo is not ready for it. As you might imagine, those bottlenecks got really bad during the recent supply chain chaos. Drivers can wait up to 12 hours for cargo to be loaded onto their trucks, especially at a backed up port like the ones in Los Angeles and Long Beach. In normal times, drivers can still expect to wait up to two hours to either pick up or unload a container. Kumar believes this has to change. After grad school, he went to work for GE Transportation, looking at the supply chain from every angle. I've kind of understood what problems the industry is going through and then how it trickles down to an end user, like somebody sitting inside the office of a shipper, maybe trying to figure out where my cargo is and what kind of challenges that person has to go through when it comes to the visibility of the cargo or just operational inefficiencies, whether I don't have a right tool, whether I don't have a right information, how should I get it, how I can optimize my operation. I think in the end, it comes down to how I can make my life easy while I'm working. And when Kumar looks at the challenges in the trucking industry, he doesn't see driverless trucks as the first best solution. He thinks there are many more immediate ways to solve the Stone Age problems. And it starts with how the information is handled, stored, and shared. This industry needs to go through digital transformation and they have to understand how to function as an IT company. Imagine a trucking company as an IT company. And one of the key steps in that transformation is making reliable information available and easy to access. For example, he describes what it can be like to work at a trucking company and be responsible for tracking down cargo. I'm assigned like 100 containers to manage today. I'm just going through different website, finding their information container by container, just to maybe have an understanding that what is the status of that container today? Turns out it can be really hard to keep track of a container. So many different parties are involved, often without a centralized tracking system, which makes it feel like a frustrating game of tag. The inefficiencies keep truck drivers waiting longer and longer to load and unload, extending their time away from their home and their family. Kumar wants to see more data shared and standardized so that everyone across the industry can benefit. It's not that this industry is not collecting information. They've been collecting information for ages. There is a lot of data, which is somewhere in the books, somewhere in some spreadsheets, and it's not made accessible to the right kind of stakeholders. By making this data available and accessible, Kumar believes we could reduce a lot of the bottlenecks and frustrations, making the work for truck drivers and anyone along the supply chain much more efficient and rewarding. You know, this person would feel more productive. He can enjoy going to the company and working. He's not frustrated from his job. So that's the kind of an impact this digitalization can create. It just makes life easy for a lot of people. And once the digitalization is done, then we have an opportunity to use these AI, ML kind of technologies to really start looking ahead. Well, that's the point that we're starting to ask. 
Where does autonomy, like self-driving trucks, make the most sense? Kumar gets excited. You can hear him tapping his desk when he talks about what he sees as the real goal. What things I should automate and how I should automate certain aspects that really assist the users or the end user to make that person's life easy or more productive. If you are able to achieve that, maybe we don't need automation. Maybe we don't need to replace that person because that person would be more productive anyhow because he's enjoying his work. We should start from, hey, this is not a human-friendly job. It will risk somebody's life and that can be automated. Now, the jobs that are high risk, that makes sense. But what about other jobs, ones that are not so high risk, like driving trucks? Well, Kumar thinks that although self-driving trucks will probably be a part of our future, especially for long-haul trucking, for now, the job remains very human. Automating certain aspects of the job, though, would make it safer, more comfortable, more efficient, which benefits everyone. The drivers, the businesses, the consumers waiting on their goods. It could also make the job itself much more appealing to those future recruits. And Kumar thinks some of those innovations will likely come from within the industry, like the drivers themselves. And he says he sees that happen all the time. If you see some of the technology innovations that are happening in this space and the people who are doing it, they have a history of doing these things themselves or maybe their parents and they actually use the current technology to solve the same problem from a different angle, from a technology perspective. So that's how things change. Think of Kendra Hems rethinking the family business on an industry-wide level. Or think of Christopher Johns, the English truck driver, and all the frustration and waiting he faces on the job. How much more would he enjoy his work if some of those bottlenecks and delays were reduced? If the riskiest parts of his work were made safer? If he had an opportunity to make the work better? I spent 15 years now, and I think... The attraction is becoming less and less. The obstacles are, are increasing. There's no let up. And um, the solution needs to be reached because, yeah, it's a constant battle for us. And I don't see that getting any better. That discontent is part of what's accelerating big changes in the trucking industry, from working conditions to compensation to recruitment to digitization. If there's any good to come from all this supply chain chaos, it's the opportunity to rethink our old ways of doing things, to get out of the Stone Age and make the work better, safer, and more efficient. Like many industries around the world, truck driving is facing a real reckoning, and it's thinking hard about how to value the workers it already has. Because without them, nothing gets anywhere, y'all. Coming up on Now What's Next, an original podcast from Morgan Stanley, how supply chain disruptions and a shortage of raw ingredients have left pet owners scrambling to find food for their companions. See you next time.